Dreamsofamedia.com presents... When will I learn? The answer to life's problems aren't at the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> They're on Noiseland Arcade. With Craig WK. He's just a little shy because I've tried to kill him so many times. And Sean, the arcade phantom. An underachiever. And yet he seems to be... How should I put this? Proud of it? They're violent and they distract you from your schoolwork. Well, time to hit the books. Welcome to Noiseland Arcade. I am Craig WK, and with me is my comrade, Sean the Arcade Phantom. Da. Da, indeed. And we have another comrade with us. If you've listened to last week's episode, you would know that we have our buddy Andy in the studio. J-Sweet Andy. <laughs> yes, that's French Andy speaking, but no, he's not from France. He's American. <laughs> He had the buzzy program. Anyway, uh, those tapes were like $90. They were so expensive. Why were they so funny? It is funny. There was a moment like that was back when like I was like, oh, German? I can learn German? I want to. How do I ask for this? $90? That's cute. It's like three easy installments of $90. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Rosetta Stone is cheaper than Muzzy was. What, really? That makes no sense given inflation. (laughs) That is actually really sad. Yeah, that is. I kind of want to find... I bet you Muzzy's on YouTube. Oh, it is. I, I recently <laughs> found it and forced Andy to watch it, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I forced yeah, you to watch yeah. it, yeah. Duolingo with ads is free, okay? <laughs> I just want to point that out. <laughs> so, today we are talking about Homer the Heretic. Sean, when did this episode first air? October 8th, 1992. In this religious episode, Homer has the best day of his life after skipping church, inspiring him to give up his faith, much to the chagrin of his wife. I uh, so let's kind of touch around the the room here. Uh, what was going on around October eighth, nineteen ninety two, Sean? Uh, so a little video game came out in arcades. You might have heard of it. Oh yeah. Yeah, it kind of started a big thing in nineteen ninety two. Oh yeah. Mortal Kombat. Never heard of it. Yeah, Mortal Kombat released October 8th, 1992, the same day as this episode. Really? Homer was a heretic, and I was ripping people's spines out of their back. Just so I'm clear, this if podcast you pull episode? pull off the mortality. What? Are we recording this back in time? We are. Damn. Mortal we're going we're to record this, and we're going to send it back to October 8th, 1992 to be released. Yes. That's yeah. my takeaway from this. Mortal Kombat came out on October 8th, 1992. A super influential game. Yeah, uh, one of not, two games that influenced the entire ESRB rating system. Yeah, that's pretty What was crazy. the other one? Uh, the other one was Night Trap for the Sega CD, which we might hear about very soon coming up. Oh, good. Night Trap. It's one of those FMV games. It's great. Night Trap is fantastic. It's garbage. I uh, have you are you familiar Fuck with any you. of you? I don't think so. I <laughs> don't think you, I've Craig. ever heard of this game. It's basically like this weird it's like, like a slumber party where you gotta protect girls who are about to be killed by like basically horror movie killers. But they don't really, really kill bad. them, they just like kinda kidnap them. It's it's goofy and weird and stupid. And gross. It's awesome. They sing the Night Trap song. Come on. I am going to come on Legend of Retro. <laughs> And that is going to be a retro relapse where I force you to play Night Trap. Come in this Halloween. I'm going to do it. No. Don't want that. 
Andy, what do you have? What was going on around October 8th, 1992? Uh, October 8th, 1992 is our good friend Paul's seventh birthday. <laughs> <laughs> if I had service down here, I would have Googled actual historical events. Otherwise, that is all I have for right now. You know what? That's that's better than anything else we could have found. Uh, so I, I found something that's uh, kind of interesting. So the rebel leader of the Shining Path Communist Party in Peru, uh, Abimael, Abimael Guzman was sentenced to life imprisonment uh, imprisonment for domestic terrorism. Uh, he had founded and led the rebel party after going underground in the 70s. His Maoist group for 12 years caused uh, about 25,000 deaths and 22 billion in damages. Hell yeah, viva. Viva la revolucion. <laughs> Later, That's a real comrade right there. So. That is. <laughs> wouldn't it be great if we could put all those rebels in jail nowadays? Uh, well, it's funny you say because that. that's all we would have is all these southern rebels in America. Let's be honest for a second. Life would be real good. Real good without the sons of the south. <laughs> uh, 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 we just pissed off a lot of people. So I don't give a damn. Uh, later, uh, Guzman would be retried in 2004. Uh, since the military trial was deemed unconstitutional. Uh, do you know what he got out of that? Two life sentences that time around. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Gusman. I uh, uh, apparently you know, he got tried for like this, like car bombing, and then also being like you know for for you know tre- high treason against the country and stuff. And uh, yeah, they they uh, they were up to some shenanigans. Yep. Well, listen, I'm just saying, I if you're sympathize. a southern rebel I in the sympathize. U.S. and you want to go shoot people, you should be labeled as a terrorist. But that's not the way it works because they're white. I mean, Peru is south of a. I'm just talking about America. Let's be honest oh. for a second. We need to focus more on Peru, right? We we we've we've gotten we've steered far away from our intended demographic of Peruvians. Yeah, if, if we can just for a moment and talk about perhaps the uh, U.S. back uh, coups of of Peru and the you know the war on drugs that has taken place there, and uh, you know what, um, Craig. Our, we have a shared history of playing Delta Force, specifically the Peru missions. Um, the Peru mission yeah. was pretty good. So yeah. funny that you mentioned the war on drugs, because if we go back to Mortal Kombat, winners don't use drugs. Oh, yeah, that's That was true. part yeah. of the anti-drug campaign. Oh, yeah. Which, come to find out, so not true. Yeah, winners always use drugs. Yeah, typically. I, mean, I, I use baseball. drugs in order to win, like, often. <laughs> Listen, guys, are we going to just screw around here or are we going to actually talk about The Simpsons? <laughs> Let's dive in. So right off the bat, we get maybe one of the most interesting openings to a Simpsons episode ever. It's a baby in the womb that's clearly Homer <laughs> as he hums Johann Strauss's Blue Danube waltz. And uh, as he's like, you know, loving how you know warm and comfortable it is, I... Uh, Oh, the water drains out, and a hand grabs him and pulls him, and he yells out that he's all naked and wet. <laughs> Which is often what I yell when people try to get me out of bed. <laughs> I'm all naked and wet. And How often are people trying to get you out of bed? And is it different people every time? No, it's it's usually my girlfriend just, okay. just trying to get me out of bed, and I'm just like, I'm all naked and wet. <laughs> I kind of wish it was multiple I, I different like people. I like to think there's just outside Sean's room, there's just a chores board. And there's, 
There's like a list of eight people. He's like, oh, gotta get Sean gotta out of bed Gotta get Sean today. out of there and get him out of the bed. He's oh. gonna complain about being naked again. Can't believe I had to wake Sean up three times this week. The last time I tried to wake him up, he actually was naked and wet. It was so weird. <laughs> and so, I... I'm like a raccoon. I pee myself awake. What? I can't help it. Mmm. Well. Anywho. So, I uh, we have uh, Marge who throws clothes at Homer, and she's like, I'm sick and tired of having this conversation every week. Get yourself ready. We're going to church. And Homer's like, it's too cold for church. And, like, Marge's like, well, you got to go to church. And we see the screen pan down <laughs> from their bedroom, and in the trash can outside with all the snow going, there's a polar bear? Which be- How is there a polar bear there? It becomes a fun, repetitive joke, this uh, this displacement of animals in, <laughs> in the Simpsons household. Where goats in the, the kitchen. Goats, the bad fawn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, all I know is I feel bad for the Impson family. <laughs> yeah, they really need a bear patrol to deal with what is not even arguably the the most powerful land predator on, in the world, the polar bear. Things horrifying. Let, let's hope down the road that they consider a bear patrol. <laughs> Let us hope indeed. <laughs> so a bit of behind the scenes for the scene here. Uh-huh. So I kind of brought this up in our very first episode, but the reason the Simpsons do snow so often is because they were told it was way too expensive to change your animation all the time to do snow. And so they, they said, did it on a with you. We're oh. going to do it anyways. <laughs> so a lot of times I respect when they do snowy episodes like this because it's just doing something different. And it's out of spite? Yeah, it's basically out of spite, <laughs> which is the best way to do things. Hard to argue with that. Homer obliges, and he's trying to get his clothes on, and as he puts on his pants, he rips them. Uh, also of note is the fact that he's made it all the way downstairs before he's actually gotten fully clothed. Like This yeah. is this is uh, Homer par excellence, uh, <laughs> where he can't get fully dressed in his bed like that is how lazy he is like he not only does not want to go and like puts up the fight but he i dare call that it fight literally the takes struggle him, it takes him from his bedroom to the front door which includes a full staircase before he even comes close to getting fully dressed have either of you guys ripped your pants like that not not like that not I've like done that. it in no, different ways I've, I've done like the the knees have ripped on my pants before and I, i've like ripped off a leg I, uh, I've done like the the kneel down or squat and then like torn the inner seam, um, but I've also had the exact same reaction where I'm like, well, fuck this, I'm done, <laughs> day's over. <laughs> Want to know what's funny? I've ripped my pants in a, a very uh, uh, similar spot as Homer, not the same way, but a, a very similar spot, and uh, I was at work. It was so weird. I had turned around because it was back when I worked in the deli. Uh, turned my pants caught on like the the side thing, and it just tore straight around my pants. And my boss looks up, and I'm just in my underwear, <laughs> and she's just like, "What the hell?" And I turned around, and I was like, "I'm going home. I'll be back." And she's like, "Do you do you have another pair of work pants?" I was like. I'll manage something. And so I had to hold my pants, walk to the front, and I was like, you need to punch me out. And they're like, well, that's kind of weird. We don't know if we're supposed to do that. I was like, punch me out, or I'm going to moon every single person that's here. And then they were like, wait, you ripped your pants? Wait, you don't have underwear on? And I was like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> punch me out. I uh... Was that the day we had physicals at work and I borrowed your <laughs> underwear? <laughs> I think it 
was. You uh, borrowed my underwear. That was a bad mistake. <laughs> back uh, back when I used to work at the hardware, my family owned a hardware store uh, for many years, and we used to just wear like really like worn down jeans. Um, and for some reason, and it was probably just because I always got the same brand of jeans. They were not very good for working in hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, always in the back pockets, they would tear. So it would always tear like right in the center of my ass. Um, <laughs> but like several of us had the same like issue with uh-huh. our jeans. So we would just take the staple guns and staple together, <laughs> which is not, not like a, not a great fallback. Cause at some point, like we wouldn't just replace them after we would throw them in the washer and then, you know, the staples would come out. <laughs> and also, they're terribly having sitting on staples is not as comfortable as it sounds. Um, oh, yeah, but, uh, no, you think it was. Yeah, so. I, and so Homer has decided he's not going to church. And I appreciate the, the scene transition as we see Marge glare at Homer, and the same glare stays as it cuts to her inside the car driving throughout the, you know, through this winter storm going to church. And, uh, uh, you know, Mar- Marge tells the family that, you know, uh, Homer's hung over or uh, that he's resting. Bart has some questions, which we'll get to later in the episode. But uh, back over at home, Homer's doing OK. He's in bed and he feels like a big toasty cinnamon bun. Sean and I were just talking before this episode yes. about how much we can empathize with this. And I'm sure you're the same way. Craig. Oh, yeah. like, immediately recalls and this Sean had mentioned that you watch this every time it's cold and every snowy. time it's like super snowy out I'll watch this episode and I'll watch um if I really want to depress myself Tenchi Universe the episode where no need for <laughs> memories where Tenchi finds out his mom is dead with the snowman with the snowman those oh. are my snowy day episodes so oh. like I totally empathize like it immediately recalls those moments in school uh where you have a sick day or you get a snow day and you're uh-huh. like oh, I just get to stay in bed I don't have to get dressed like I I'm all about that. Like every time Homer is just in bed, I'm like, man, you won. This is the victory. <laughs> this is the victory of an adult. I uh, I appreciate too that he's like, uh oh, gotta go to the bathroom. Think Homer. <laughs> <Yeah>. Think. <laughs> he tries to devise a plan to, that won't involve him pissing himself. Unfortunately, fails and has to go to the bathroom. Okay, so this... I'm just to bring that up. <coughs> there are two kinds of people in the world: mm-hmm. those who can get up and get out of bed and go to the bathroom and come back to bed, and those who are awake. What are you guys? It it all it all depends on the situation. Very situational for me. Generally, I can, uh, or at least I prefer to go back to bed, uh, but it doesn't always work out for me. I I uh, uh, it's really weird because it, uh, normally my answer would be a resounding, oh yeah, I can go back to bed easy, because uh, there will be uh, uh, some nights where I you know wake up a couple times, go to the bathroom, and you know go back to bed. Uh, but uh, as of late, uh, I've not been able to, and I don't know why. Uh, I've just like having a hard time sleeping and stuff. And so like I'll wake up from like going to the bathroom and then just like get back into bed, lay there, won't be able to fall asleep, grab my phone, look at stupid stuff for a half hour, hour. And so like uh, for our fans in the Discord, uh, which if you want to, you know, join our Discord and chat about The Simpsons with us, go to GameZillaMedia.com. There's a link there. Uh, but like, you know, occasionally I'll post stuff at like four in the morning or whatever. And I'm, I'm sure there must be people who are like, why is he posting at like four in the morning? I don't understand. Uh, but yeah, I've just not been able to see. What about you, Sean? Can you pass back out? I can pass right back out. I've got a dog. I've got a lot of it in my bedroom. Oh, so it happens so it, pretty often. It's like every night I have to wake up and get out of bed at least once. Yeah. And I'll probably go to the bathroom, come back to bed and pass out. So normally, if it's middle of the night, 
I'm good. If it's like super early, like I, I have trouble like around that seven, eight o'clock. Then it's a little tougher. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm a night owl, so I could sleep till two in the afternoon and be fine. <laughs> Bastard. Also, I do want to point out quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, at at no point should Homer have considered thinking about this. Like the, the I know there are moments throughout the good seasons where Homer does know his limitations. I think in that moment, Homer should have been well aware that he was not the person. Like, there's, he does not have a solution to that problem. <laughs> like, he does not have the capacity to figure that one out. Uh, and so Homer gets out of bed, uh, pees with the door open just because he can, uh, which is funny because uh, when you, when I, I live alone, in an apartment, and so yeah, my bathroom door is usually open because what's it matter? Like I don't need to take the time to close the door. Uh, but when I lived at home, there were a few times I remember, like you know, purposely because of this episode, thinking, "Oh, nobody's home," and like going to pee and thinking, like, "Oh, this is great," and like I, I don't know what the thrill was. It really yeah, is no, not. like when you first like as a kid, you're home alone for that. Like yeah, you want like you'd leave the door open. It's great now. As an adult, kind of like you, like I live alone. So I invite people over to pee with the door open. <laughs> so I get that. I live with my girlfriend, so I just never close the door. I'm just like, whatever. That poor woman. Hi. Uh, we have Homer jumping in the shower. He uh, sings uh, the song Delilah. Uh, also, uh, I found out a, kind of a weird fact about that song while I was doing research. Uh, it was originally recorded by PJ Proby. Uh, now, I, I think you guys probably know it best the way I do it, like Tom Jones sings Delilah. Yeah. Uh, but a month before Tom Jones sang it, this PJ Proby uh, recorded in it re- or recorded it, didn't like it. He hated it, hated the lyrics, hated everything about it, refused it uh, being on his album. Uh, and the very next year, the song or the writers who uh, wrote Delilah ended up winning like an award. It's hailed as one of Tom Jones' like greatest songs. And uh, yeah, this guy totally lost out on it. <laughs> I thought that was kind of weird. Uh, but uh, I, uh, Homer turns on the radio and it's KBBL, uh, the, the two uh, uh, disc jockeys that we'll hear throughout the entire series. Uh, what is it, Bill and Marty? Bill and Marty, yep. Bill and Marty are uh, uh, talking and they're Easily talking. Easily the greatest monsters of Springfield, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they don't give a boy an elephant. It's pretty, yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, that's one of their crimes. Like, the, they. They're awful people, right? <laughs> they're, they're great people. Do you remember their classic prank call when they called the guy and told him his wife was dead? <laughs> that was them at their best, really. Like, they're just, no, they're they're awful, awful people. <laughs> she went through a plate glass window. There's blood everywhere. Oh my god! I just talked to her. I uh, but I I appreciate that Homer. Which is funny because Homer doesn't seem to ever stop himself from cursing anywhere else. But in the bat, the like when the guys that are talking you know, on the radio are talking about how cold it is, he's like, "You bet your ass!" <laughs> yep. And he's just like he starts laughing, and it's like, Homer, when has there ever been a time like you just don't say the f word around your kids? Yeah. That's like the only prerequisite <laughs> says you have ass before. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird one. Yeah, it is. I well. He does get admonished in a later episode for saying suck around his kids. And that's funny, too, because he also had the swear jar already. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know. Also, Bart had been known for using suck for so long. Yeah. Yeah, Bart's been sucking for so long, and then Homer's sucking. All right, that's it. We're changing the subject. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. We're changing the subject. So they're at church. 
where Sean belongs and, <laughs> and will never go. <laughs> so, I, I, Reverend Lovejoy apologizes that the the heaters are not working in the church, and we have this random voice that grumble like, "Yeah, what's the story?" <laughs> and he just gives this like kind of like you know angry look, and uh, he's going to start reading from the Lamentations of Jeremiah, <laughs> so the did, long version, <laughs> the long version. So, did you guys catch how cold it was outside? Because KBBL says it. Oh, uh, oh. how cold! It's 11 KBBL degrees below zero. <laughs> it's 11 below. Uh, it's 11 in KBBL uh, uh, system, which is not the same as uh, Fahrenheit or Celsius. Also, 11 below is nothing compared to how Detroit, how cold it got in Detroit last year. So. Oh, my God. That was horrible. <laughs> you guys don't even fucking know. You don't know. That's when my girlfriend had her surgery. So I had to walk through a giant complex with no heat. Where you park all the way at the very top and have to walk all the way down the bottom of the hospital to go there, walk across an entire parking lot. And it was like negative <laughs> twenty. It was fucking horrible. If it's any consolation, Sean, I I I worked downtown and so I did have to wander around to get to my car or uh uh you know, drive around and, and you know, pick up coworkers and it was it was ten, all around ten minutes of walking through that. Every well, day. also they're homeless. You know, there are people living in that. So I mean, well, like, well it's not arguably <laughs> living is not the word I would use for those conditions. <laughs> Slowing their metabolism by <laughs> by climate. They were hibernating. I apologize for all the homeless people. I told them to go fuck themselves. But um, but thanks for listening. They're uh, <laughs> not listening to this probably. Oh, uh, so I did some research on the Lamentations of Jeremiah. So it's known as the Book of Lamentations. Uh, it's a collection of poetic laments about the destruction of Jerusalem. Uh, it has like no speech from God. It's very bleak. Uh, also, uh, what's interesting to me is that Jeremiah is no longer attributed as the author. The Book of Jeremiah comes before it in the Bible, uh, but technically in the what is it? Uh, would it be like the Torah or whatever the, um, the Jewish book? Uh, there's no order to it. It's just one of the books. And so for a long time, it was attributed to Jeremiah, which is what they reference, you know, uh, Reverend Lovejoy references. But it's not really the Lamentations of Jeremiah. I thought that was kind of weird. Uh, so a bullfrog wrote Lamentations. That was my takeaway, too. I yeah, that, that's immediately what I thought of. No, it is. The, you guys belong in church. Uh, yeah. Lovejoy's quotes in that moment, like as soon as he starts reading, are very funny. I, I don't remember them specifically, but <laughs> I've got them in front of me. Okay. Joy is gone from our hearts. <laughs> Dancing has turned to mourning. <laughs> I also love that Maggie gets the short end of the stick, so she sticks her tongue to the car seat on the ride here, and when she's sucking on the bottle, and then it doesn't work, and she yeah. holds it open, it just thump, slides out as a block of ice. It's like, poor Maggie. I uh, So, back over at the Simpson domicile, Homer's having a good time. Uh, he puts on short shorts by the royal teens and uh, dances around in his underwear, which is a reference to a movie, right? Risky business yeah, with Tom Cruise. Business. Thank you. Uh, also, he turns it up to 100 in there. Yeah, that's so hot. That is so incredibly ridiculously hot. only imagine that both the furnace doesn't work and there's a carbon monoxide leak in that home. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. And also, Homer's a, a little bit of a bigger guy. I feel like 100 is not where he would be comfortable. No. <laughs> Even in his underwear. I feel yeah. like he'd want it at 75 tops. <laughs> 
<laughs> Shit, I'm uncomfortable at 74. And I'm not a bigger guy. Yeah, I, I, I prefer it a little colder. But you know what? Homer is also dancing around in his underwear and it's cold outside. I get the I get it. You know, I get it. I but this also gives Homer a chance to make his patented space age out of this world moon waffles. Do you guys want the recipe? Um, I want them cooked for me because they sound delicious and oh. disgusting. <laughs> so it's caramels thrown on a waffle iron. Uh, the waffle batter, like the liquid pre-made stuff, liquid smoke, and then after uh, frying it up and like basically burning it to hell, uh, he then wraps it in a stick of butter. Uh, for those who are uh, uh, interested in seeing it made, uh, you can go to the Binging with Babish YouTube channel where he actually makes it, and it looks utterly vile. And he ruins a waffle iron. He does. Yeah. <laughs> Much like Marge so later in the episode. Uh, he, an ice pick. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because that's what he uses in that YouTube special. Oh, yeah? he, tries to, he tries to clean it and then throws it out and buys a new one. It's pretty funny. Uh, but I... I you know, back at uh, uh, church. This is one of my favorite scenes in the entire episode. <laughs> Reverend Lovejoy is talking about hell. Uh, and I, I don't necessarily think he's uh, still talking about the Lamentations of Jeremiah. Uh, uh, but I'm not sure exactly where it would be in the Bible, if anywhere. But he's describing hell, Sean. Do you have that, uh, those lines or anything? And he was cast into fiery cauldron of hell, the searing heat, the scalding rivers of molten sulfur. Ah, I'm there. And Bart's like holding out his hands and like, you know, feels like he's, ro you know, roasting himself. You know, uh, Homer, on the other hand, is dealing with a, a case of butter chest. It's when you dribble butter on yourself. and Your dog has to lick it up. I have never had a dog lick me clean. That is fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, that's a little bizarre. I've never owned a dog to never have. So I've never had this opportunity. I. Uh, but, you know, I have laid down on the ground, sprinkled a bunch of Cheetos on me and had my Roomba go to town on me. But <laughs> that's the closest I've come to it. I used to. That's kind of hot. What? I used to work with a girl and I'm not going to bring up her name or anything because I don't do that on this show. Mm -hmm. But her boyfriend at the time came and he's like, yeah, sometimes I just get out of the shower and don't have a towel. So my dog will lick me. That is legitimately something this guy said. I demand to know her like, name full, after this episode. Full body oh, or I'm like... Gonna, I'm going to tell you her name after this episode. <laughs> we're all going to have a laugh and we're going to know some really ridiculous stories, but... She has low standards. I might have a chance. Maybe. Don't give me that look. I, I wasn't, it wasn't doubtful. I mean... It was I mean, a little doubtful. I'm, I'm polling for you. I'm definitely Team Craig in this situation. It just... You know... You'll figure it out. It's <laughs> I can't wait to tell you the story. <laughs> so, uh, back at the church, we have uh, Ned Flanders, who's you know tries to open the door as Reverend Lovejoy, you know, tells everyone they can you know go home, and the door stuck. And apparently, this is the only way out. That's a fire hazard, right? Yeah, 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 totally. I was gonna say that the, like this is definitely an oversight because there's no way that would happen, but it's also the city of Springfield, and so I kind of buy that there's only one door in and out. Yeah, the city only has one janitor. Why would it have more than one door? <laughs> and so I, 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 I love too that uh, Lisa starts to pray, and Bart's like, Lisa, this is neither the time nor the place, and I. Uh, 
back over at home, uh, uh, Homer's listening to the radio and uh, the, the, the DJs are talking about Johnny Calhoun. Uh, uh, I dream of a genie in a magic bikini. Doesn't exist. Not a real musician. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about it a little later, of course. But uh, uh, Homer wins a contest. Uh, they they have uh, uh, the KBBL has a contest. Homer you know, calls in. He actually wins. What does he win? Uh, they Did don't you guys say. Catch that? No, yeah, they don't. They say. never say. Although they oh, do make strange. a cash register noise. I assume he yeah. must have won money. I. Uh, Back over to the church, we have uh, Willie, who's like you know, uh, you know, like Andy said, the the town janitor essentially. How he's also the janitor for the church, I'm not sure, but he's using like a blowtorch. And uh, Reverend Lovejoy's like, Willie, how's that door coming? He's like, Miracles are your department, Reverend. And so the Reverend starts reading from the church bulletin. Um, do you guys want a table? Missing a leg? Badly damaged? Otherwise, fine. <laughs> How much? <laughs> Was it one dollar or best offer? Is that what it is? Yep. I. <laughs> uh, and so I, uh, you know, we we have uh, uh, Homer back at home, which is another great moment. I feel like he's watching uh, uh, the Three Stooges, and we just hear the the dialogue as Homer's just zoned out, staring at the TV, and it's like you know, like you must be the chiropractors i ordered and it's like you know hey mo we don't know nothing about like manipulating no spines he's like he's like you heard the lady grab a spine and get cracking and we start hearing like the cliche like whoa, 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 like noises and stuff and homer's like hey, mo is their leader <laughs> Just so stupid i uh, back at the church we have uh uh the you know willie busts the door open bart like crowd surfs which is kind of a weird scene. Uh, but uh, I don't know why he wants to get out faster. His mom has the keys. Also, it's cold out there. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's cold in the church. And in his church, maybe he just wants out. He also doesn't have a coat on at that I moment. I get that. Because every time I've been in a church as an adult. <laughs> You've wanted to get out? I've had that burning <laughs> feeling all over. And I want to get out. Yeah, like it's it's where your blood boils when you're in a church. and, and it, it, Do you have that, Andy? No. No. Oh, weird. Uh, weird. Ah, uh, weird. I. But I. Uh, I. Uh, we have another uh, great moment where Homer is like praying to the TV gods, turns the like the TV on or whatever, or changes the channel. I'm not sure exactly which. And I. Uh, it's a political debate. <laughs> and it's like, are we talking about rezoning or uh, redistributing? And like, you know, they're like, it's all super boring, it's like C-SPAN stuff. Uh, or like, actually, no, it, it reminds me of what you would see on like Saturdays at like two in the afternoon when the cartoons were over. Like the, the like, you know, whatever round table stupid stuff is going on. Uh, do they still do that on the basic networks? Oh, God, I have no idea. I wouldn't think so. Like there's no, no way, right? Uh, they do have this thing that I know I found out a couple yeah. weeks ago where it's um, oh shoot, it's like called like Consumer 101 or something, and it like it helps. Yeah. Essentially, it's it's for like clearly older generations have just been out, you know, outmoded. Um, they did the the episode that I saw was all on uh, password security. Oh good god! Oh and my it, god, that sounds was, amazing. It's essentially this guy who who runs the entire show. Um, and like he, he plays different characters and then he brings in, you know, experts on different things and then they play a role and they do different scenes that just explain like 
basic consumerism. What? So like, you so, know, password security, like shopping for certain things, like setting up this, doing different t- stuff with tech. It's I have so many questions about this. Is it like Good Eats, but for just old people for everyday items? Uh, I, I mean, Cause, cause, like, to say it's like Good Eats is like a very like reductionist approach, but <laughs> I guess in a sense, yeah. Because mm. huh. it, it takes away, you know, it takes away all the... The actual thing, all the that charm made. and fun of good eats, and well, all yeah, the it definitely takes value. that as well. <laughs> but like, it takes away like the layers, of, the point of good eats. Like, that's uh, it's a very different, just purely instructional, essentially. But tries to make it fun, like tries to help people, like Weird. essentially live in today. Weird. Uh, but you, you can tell TV is just aimed at the older generation because all the younger people stream all that shit. Yeah, probably. I. Uh, but, you know, Homer says, ah, can't win them all. And he slumps into the couch ready to watch this political discussion. I mean, he doesn't have cable, but, like, there's got to be something else. But whatever. Uh, but they interrupt the uh, political uh, c- uh, debate or whatever it is uh, for a football game. And did you guys get a good look at the picture? Oh, yeah, the <laughs> yeah. municipal de- debate. Uh <laughs> It's two what look to be lawyers almost. One has a suitcase, right? <laughs> the other is a flail. Yeah, it's a, a briefcase as a defense weapon. And the other person's actually looking to pulverize this person on a cliff. <laughs> With like lightning striking. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Honestly, if I had to choose between the municipal debate, the football game, and the political warriors, I'd choose the political warriors. That one guy, he's got a flail. Yeah, but we get the greatest football game of all time. Do you listen to what the announcer says for this football game? Uh, I do. I uh, so as a quick aside, you know, Marge is yelling at Lisa to, you know, like what? What would help? As like she's backseat, you know, uh, like explaining things. At least it's like, no, no. Uh, so what do we get, Sean? So there's a 98 yard triple reversal that ties the score at 63-63. <laughs> That's pretty exciting. They've seen nothing but razzle-dazzle here today. Three visits from Morgana, the kissing bandit, and the astonishing return of Jim Brown. Woohoo! So each team, I, I was assuming, each team has scored nine touchdowns each. <laughs> yes! Like, uncontested. Like, they got the extra point and everything, and it's... That's been it. It's been purely offensive game, it is back and to- forth. It is a game of tech mobile. There's literally no is. one on defense to play. By the way, a 98-yard triple reversal. <laughs> so, do you guys know who Morgana the Kissing Bandit is? No? She's a succubi, right? So, she was a real person. Uh, she uh, ran out on baseball games and kissed players like oh, Cal Ripken yeah, yeah, Jr., yeah. Nolan Ryan, Pete Rose, among others. She did not kiss football players. She never went to football games. But she did branch out to basketball, where she's known to have kissed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and yeah. the greatest basketball player in history. Yep. Charles Barkley. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> you say it with such disdain. I don't, I love Charles Barkley. You know it's true. It's, uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Googs. I know, I know how you feel about Charles Barkley. Obviously, Gugliata. Yeah, you want to yeah. talk about Tom Gugliata or Ronnie Cycli, <laughs> we, can, we can start talking. But then drop some, some Charles Barkley on me, that's, you know, whatever. Uh, and, and so, yeah, the Kissing Bandit was like an entertainer. She was like a dancer. She did like exotic dancing. It was kind of this weird like skit thing. I don't know. It's a little bizarre, but yeah. 
Uh, but otherwise, uh, Jim Brown, uh, which they refer to it as the, what is it, the astonishing return of Jim yeah, Brown? Yes. Uh, maybe it's astonishing because he played from 57 to 64. Uh, <laughs> I can only assume he was back as a commentator, I hope. Well, I, th- I think that's the point of the joke, is that this is such a great game that one of the greatest players <laughs> yeah. from decades before returned to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> That's an amazing game. No wonder they it was sixty three, sixty three. I uh, but I I uh, yeah. So Jim Brown played yeah from fifty seven to sixty four for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he is hailed as one of the greatest players. In fact, in uh, I believe it's two thousand two, he was uh, hailed as the greatest player in football history, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. But uh, also, uh, it's funny that they kind of foreshadowed an event here so they say the astonishing return of jim brown uh in 1993 jim brown is going to appear as a commentator do you know what for i don't think you'll guess golf oh. in 93 93 uh well that's sean says that, golf that's at least seven years too soon for the xfl um so i'm gonna say <laughs> i think he did is it, uh, is it like wwe or something like that Close. Ultimate fighting. Uh, okay. He will uh, appear as a commentator for, I think it's six pay-per-view specials in 93. Homer, though, sees the greatest thing yet. This is, this is what makes me wonder what he won in that radio contest. <laughs> <laughs> he found a penny! And I appreciate that the Abraham Lincoln on it's like, is mm-hmm. so affirming. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, that penny's almost 30 years old. No, what was the oh, date no, on no. it? 1991. <laughs> uh, it's 29 year old penny. Gross. Uh, Homer, though, starts thinking this might be the best day of his life, and so he goes through his memories. And the two, two contenders so far are his wedding day and the day that a beer truck got into an accident and started spraying beer, and he ran around in swim shorts. <laughs> dancing around in the beer which, which is, is gotta, a great day i mean but that's yeah. got to be gross afterwards right like just beer caked all on you yeah i've been t- i mean i'm sure sean has too like i've been to concerts oh, and yeah. you get I, beer I'm splattered yeah co- beer like, after a lot of concerts it's, it's terrible it's a terrible feeling <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want that no i'm old enough to remember going to concerts and coming back smelling like cigarette smoke and dry beer yeah yeah Ugh. Uh, and I don't really have a sense of smell, and I could smell that. That's how bad it was. That's pretty bad. <sighs> so the family finally makes it home. Marge, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie come in, and they're miserable. And I love that you can hear some of like their lines if you pay attention, and you hear Bart tell Homer to get bent <laughs> when he's like, "How is yeah. my family doing?" He's like, "Get bent," you know. And uh, everyone's pretty, pretty uh, upset with him or jealous of him, as the case may be. And Homer declares that he will never go to church again. And Marge is like, are you really giving up your faith? And he's like, no, 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 no. Well, yes. <laughs> and uh, we then have I, uh, I, uh, Marge cleaning the waffle iron. <laughs> Looking utterly miserable as she does it, which I love that uh, thrown in there. Uh, and Homer, you know, 
tries to defend himself. He says, God's everywhere. Why would God worry about just one little guy? And he's like, what if we chose the wrong religion? And all the while, Bart is eating this shit up. And Marge is not thrilled about it. This this uh, this episode was very important to me. At a very, very early age, it was very critical of religion. Uh, I had a lot of friends who went to church. Mm-hmm. And it was very weird to defend because like, I grew up Catholic. I was baptized. Um, but I, we didn't go to church. And so like all these other kids around me who were like, oh, I go to church. Like I'm this, I'm this. I'm like, oh shit. Like what's, what, why am I going to hell? <laughs> like what's, <laughs> what's this problem? So um, like I started like just on my own, like I kept it to myself or whatever. But like this episode really resonated in that critique of like that very soft critique of like, oh, I need an easy out here. And so the, those moments really spoke to, to young Andy. Oh, no, absolutely. I, I mean, I get that. Like, uh, uh, Andy would know until I was like in probably like middle school and even into like high school, I kind of like had like this guilty kind of conscious of like, oh, I don't go to church. My family doesn't go to church, but I believe like, I you know, I be- like I believe in God. And it wasn't until like into high school where it was like, yeah, OK, I don't really have to believe like there's nothing making me. There's no, nothing, middle yeah. school is when you got all those angsty rpgs that we got really into where they're like god is the enemy you must kill god there god is a is lot wrong there's a lot of killing god in middle school xenogears final fantasy <laughs> tactics dragon quest 7 yeah a whole lot of killing god just all over the just place church was wrong blame yourself for god i do <laughs> remember i remember a specific argument between you and i craig seventh grade uh you remember at emerson there, the uh, I don't remember what the church was, but there would be some somebody from the church would come with a box of those small orange Bibles. They would hand them out as because oh, they were off oh, school grounds. Oh yeah, and a, uh, uh, and I'm going to use this term very loosely. A friend of ours, uh, Eric. Should I use names on this? Is Probably not. I'll okay. delete that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Keep already asking if he should use names because it's funny <laughs> that way. <laughs> he he ripped it in half. Well, he didn't rip it in half, but he started tearing at it. And uh, uh, like I remember you telling me about this, and you're like, and you were upset about it. And I I defended Eric for some reason. I don't know why. I defended <laughs> it. it was really like, I mean, obviously I wasn't an atheist at that point in my life, but like didn't know what that you know i didn't care but i do remember you and i getting yeah i I remember (laughs) being into like seventh probably like maybe by the tail end of eighth grade is when it kind of started to fade but i remember thinking like you know like you know god's real like why would you you know but like you know at this point i'm atheist and stuff and i don't you know has no bearing on my life there but like yeah i remember at the time like you know being really you know like like guilty or or right cognizant right. of it and, and trying to like you know overcompensate to a degree because i didn't go to church or whatever i yeah. uh, i was an angsty douche when they handed out those bibles <laughs> i remember it in high school and i remember lighting the cigarette with that bible that's in front angst. of the guy that was like super angst like as angsty as it could be full goth trip pants time <laughs> Well, I appreciate that you're 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 not looking back at it like oh man I was so cool it's oh man that was so angsty like that is just pure dumb oh angst. I was like five feet away from a silver hair and a twelve foot long katana angst <laughs> that's angsty I uh, so we have I uh, uh, you know Marge is trying to convince Homer I uh, and he's not buying it 
uh, at bed that night, uh, Homer, Marge is praying for Homer, and he's like trying to seduce her. He's like, "It's good for what ails ya," and she's like, "Not you know, not having it." Uh, and then Homer passes out and has a dream where he sees God. God appears with five fingers, which is you know, of course, the the kind of the funny little gag there that he's perfect. I. Uh, which is a little meta, but whatever. Uh, yells at Homer that thou hast forsaken my church. And Homer defends himself. And, you know, God seems to kind of be on his side. Why wouldn't he be? Homer's a smart guy. Uh, I also like that because uh, uh, when Homer's talking about how he'd rather like watch football or whatever, or or God says even sometimes he'd like to be watching football. I like that he asks uh, acts asks if St. Louis still has a team <laughs> and uh, Homer's like nah they moved to Phoenix uh, Arizona uh, right yeah Arizona but it is Phoenix uh, or I don't know Phoenix I Arizona know, are they? did they play in Phoenix I believe it was Phoenix I think uh, so. in 87 they moved uh, in 87 really it was 87 uh, and what's weird is in 1995 St. Louis will acquire the Rams yep. and then lose them in 2015 which is kind of just weird. Uh, it's bizarre that, like, to us, Detroit has, like, kept its teams all throughout, you know, like, you know, memory that I know of. Uh, maybe way early on they, they traded them around a bit. But, like, you know, we've, we've had the same teams for a while. Uh, but a lot of other cities have not. Like, you know, teams bounce around and stuff. Yeah, a lot of the expansion teams have changed mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, yeah, just seems weird to me. So uh, we have uh, we find out that Lovejoy apparently displeases God. Uh, his sermons are re- really boring. I think I'll give him a canker sore. <laughs> give him one for me. I will. And uh, I also appreciate that uh, we see that the the cat walks up and loves God, which is kind of <laughs> funny to me because cats are usually depicted in like cartoons and stuff as being finicky and uh, kind of you know almost pissy and distant to a sense even in the simpsons i uh, you know the cat will be finicky in the end of this episode oh yeah yeah, yeah. It'll, oh it'll, we'll yeah latch on a crush seat which we'll get into later is finicky the word i feel like finicky is a very soft <laughs> pleasant way to put it <laughs> but if you have for almost dying of fire <laughs> <laughs> oh man can you believe this person i pulled him out of a burning building and they're cat all being such a bitch <laughs> <laughs> what a bitch <laughs> And so God leaves saying that he has to appear in a tortilla in Mexico, uh, which is a reference to, uh, I feel like around this time in like the, the late 80s, early 90s, there was a lot of like unsolved mysteries and stuff where it was like the image of God appears in, you know, this and that. And, you know, well, it can, I mean, it was persistent, like it continued throughout the 90s, 2000s. Well, I think it was even before that. I just, oh, I yeah, know yeah, it from no, my memory yeah, from sure. like unsolved mysteries no, back yeah. then. When did yeah. it switch from the image of God appearing to the to. statues bleeding? Oh, uh, the uh, bleeding like statues have been around for a long time. Okay. I think too. so, yeah. Because that became like the big thing on unsolved mysteries for a while. The yeah, the stigmata, like bleeding statues, and and yeah, all that fun stuff. Uh, but uh, uh, I love, and I know you love it too, Andy. The uh, when God leaves and Homer waves to him, and then it cuts <laughs> to outside the dream, and he's just like got this dopey <laughs> grin and like waving his hand, and Marge is like staring at him as he sleeps, like what the hell. <laughs> I do that in bed all the time, where I just wave <laughs> off in the middle of the night. Uh, outside, we have Lisa come up to Homer, and she asks him a question. 
why are you dedicating your life to blasphemy? <laughs> but Lisa doesn't have to worry, because if he's wrong, he'll recant on his deathbed. <laughs> also, the more important question, why does Homer have a toothbrush in his pocket? Because it's his bathrobe. I don't think I would ever leave my toothbrush <laughs> in a bathrobe. I would leave it in the bathroom where it belongs. That's how they're showing off that it's a bathrobe, though, because he's got bath-type things like a toothbrush. I don't know if I buy that. Just don't know if I do. Yeah, it's a bit of a stretch. For me too. <laughs> I think it's more that Homer is just that type of person that would walk around with a toothbrush in his bathrobe pocket. Maybe he found it in front of Flanders' house because he was throwing <laughs> it away. Perfectly good toothbrush. You, <laughs> I. Uh, but Homer is connecting with nature. Animal friends come to him, and then he gets in the shower, and his animal friends won't leave him. I. Uh, but Marge has a plan. Reverend Lovejoy comes over for dinner. And I appreciate the delivery on uh, the, the line uh, Lovejoy gives because it seems so genuinely surprised and shocked mm -hmm. when Marge is like, the, she's like, you know, Love, Reverend Lovejoy, she's like, you know, we've had it all, I had an ulterior motive to bring you over today. And he's like, what? <laughs> and he's just like so flabbergasted. I, yeah. uh, but I, uh, she tries to get Reverend Lovejoy to to convince Homer, you know, to to come back to church. And uh, did you guys catch some of the Bible verses here? No. So I uh, I uh, Matthew seven twenty six uh, is the uh, uh, the one that he says where it's like you know the the. Uh, Let's see. What is it? Everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't do them will be uh, like a foolish man who built his house on uh, the sand, uh, you know, which, you know, basically listen to God or, you know, you're an idiot is essentially kind of what that passage, I think, means. Well, Homer has a good rebuttal to that. Matthew 1721. And uh, Sean, do you know what that one is? And he left them and went out into of the city into Bethany and he lodged there. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, as a quick aside, uh, that uh, part sets up into the section of the Bible where Jesus uh, gets all pissy at a fig tree. Have you guys heard about that uh, Bible story? Uh, I have. I have. Yeah. I, 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 Jesus goes up to a fig tree and it doesn't produce figs for him. And so he yells at it and he, he makes it wither away. And he's basically like, listen, he's like, listen. I have this ability. And like, that's the Jesus story. It's just this weird, abrupt story in the middle of the Bible where Jesus yells at a tree and then makes it die because it wouldn't give him fruit. Basically, it's like, you know, it, it, it's, it feels very at odds with Jesus, who's like, no, 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 you should listen to me. But if you don't, it's OK. I'll die for your sins. In this case, he kills the tree. Very weird. I don't know. It's bizarre. I also don't know the Bible that well, so I'm probably kind of, you know, paraphrasing a bit. Somebody's going to come after you after this episode. Probably. Uh, in my uh, uh, notes, it says, Jesus gets all pissy at a fig tree. Well, fuck fig trees, right? <laughs> yeah, fuck fig trees. <laughs> I like fig trees. I don't know. You would. <laughs> you would. <laughs> so, uh, at, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, the uh, uh, Moe's Bar. Uh, at Moe's Tavern, uh, we have Homer call in to work. Uh, or actually, it's the, the evening before, and he calls in and says, I won't be in tomorrow. It's the feast of 
maximum occupancy. I've called off for that before. <laughs> what did they say? I used to have a manager who would schedule me on Fridays when I worked at Meyer, and he'd give me like two-hour shifts, and I never came in for them, and he knew I wasn't going to come in. So I'd call him and give him stupid reasons. I've called him and said I had AIDS. I've called him and said I was dead. I'll be in tomorrow. And I've called and said that it's the feast of maximum occupancy. What um? What is a two-hour shift for? To punish you, I think. Yeah, well, Pretty like... much. <laughs> yeah. It, it, to be pointless. Yeah, basically. I, I think what it is is you have to hit certain hour amounts. Uh, and, yeah. like, you know, so you. it's like, oh, give him two hours on this right. day, whatever. Uh, but we find out a little bit more about Mo. Uh, Mo says that uh, when Homer offers his his religion, quote unquote, which he doesn't have a religion, he's just <laughs> being spiritual. That's that's what it is. I mean, he's trying to start his own religion because he's trying to bring people into it. Oh, that's that's a little more fair. I, I can almost buy that. That's how all Ron Hubbard got started, and we won't say anything else because we don't want them to come after us. Scientology is no nope, don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> Bleep that out. <laughs> I'm the one editing. Don't worry, Sean. I'll take care of it. You won't take care of it. <laughs> You're probably right. You're going to get pamphlets to your freaking mail. Ooh, pamphlets. Ooh. <laughs> you know your thetans are going to be out of whack and we're all going to be screwed. No, my thetans. Then who's going to be pissed? <laughs> so, anyway, uh, we find out that Mo is, uh, uh, he says, uh, sorry, Homer, I was born a snake handler and I'll die a snake handler. And he's got like band-aids all over his hands. Are you guys familiar with snake handling? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's like, <laughs> it's less a religion and more like a, a ritual where it's like, hey, God isn't going to let me get bitten by this snake. And I appreciate that they show the band-aids where he's clearly been bitten, which I don't know if that's a commentary on Mo being a bad person and so God wouldn't protect him, or if it's the fact that it's just all around a bunch of hooey. Maybe a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B, I can't tell. God, Craig, you were just pissing all the religions off today. Snake handling isn't a religion, it's a ritual. And to those ritualists, I say, um, enjoy your snake venom. I, uh, but I, I, you know, we, we have, uh, after that, I, uh, the, uh, there's a knock at the door and we get one of the greatest <laughs> continuing scenes to this episode. This is I think. one of my favorite gags and probably this whole season. <laughs> Ned Flanders is at the door and he says, we heard about your heresy and we've come to try to bring you back to the flock. And Homer's just like, no deal. And he uh, goes to like, try, you know, or, or is I think about to close the door and they're like, you know, Homer, it, you know. Religion isn't all about, you know, uh, uh, what is it? Sacrifices. Uh, yeah. And praying. Praying. And they're like, you know, get this. And they start singing a song about Noah's Ark. <laughs> and God said to Noah, there's <laughs> gonna, gonna be, be a floody, floody. <laughs> Which is an actual song. Oh, is it? It is an actual song. I didn't look it up. I did not I th- look it up for this, I but think I knew it from the next verse Bible school. is better. In the first. <laughs> so Homer's at work, gets a phone call, picks it up, and that verse is I, I don't remember the full verse, but it's what the the rain came down and things started to get <laughs> muddy muddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a Rise and Shine, the Arky Ark song. I remember this from um, Bible school. Arky Ark? I, I don't know if it's copyrighted, so I don't know if I can get away with the whole thing, but I'm gonna do it. I don't care. 
Screw it. I mean, so long as it's not an actual uh, performance of the song, if it's just the words that's talking about it, we're, we're in the clear. So the Lord said to Noah, there's going to be a floody floody. The Lord said to Noah, there's going to be a floody floody. Get those children out of the muddy muddy, children of the Lord. Well, Noah, he built him. He built him an archiarchy. Well, Noah, he built him. He built him an archiarchy. All right, that's enough. Build it out of hickory, barky, barky, children barky, of the barky. Lord. I'm. What I'm most excited for is when you guys get the cease and desist and find out <laughs> that this was written by Bono and the Edge. <laughs> he called for the animals. They came in twosie twosies. He called for the animals. They came for twosie and twosie twosies. Elephants and kangaroos. Roozy Roozy. <laughs> Children of the Lord. It oh, rained God. and rained for 40 daisy daisies. It rained and rained for 40 daisy daisies. Nearly drove those animals crazy crazies. <laughs> Children of the Lord. What? Then Noah, he sent out a dovey dovey. Noah, he sent out a dovey dovey. Sent him to the heavens above bovey. Children of the Lord. The sun came out and it dried up the landy landy. The sun came out and it dried up the landy landy. Everything was fine and dandy dandy. Children of the Lord. Huh. The animals that came off. Oh my God. That's enough. off by threesy threesies. Animals that came off. They came off by threesy threesies. Grizzly bears and chimpanzees. Children of the Lord. Aiden. That is the end of the story story. That is the end of, oh, sorry, my story story. Everything is hunky-dory-dory, children of the Lord. I'm not going to lie. So rise and shine and give God the glory. not the end? Rise and shine and give God the glory glory. Rise and shine and give God the glory glory, children of the Lord. Children of the Lord. That has to be it, right? He's setting his phone down. <laughs> that's it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I got my hopes up when he was like, that's the end of the story. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, good. And then he immediately kept going. I was like, ah, oh, son of a... That song is as funny as the gag because it keeps going. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Uh, but the best part of this by far is... Ned, Maud, Rod, and Todd driving in their station wagon next to Homer do the like the the roll down the window motion. Homer stupidly rolls down the window <laughs> and they immediately start seeing some more. And he's like, "Leave me alone!" And like hits the gas. And I think it's little Todd in the back. It's like, "Damn, the heretic's getting away!" <laughs> or no, the heathen is getting the away. <laughs> I see him, son. And there's this like ridiculous car chase scene. And Homer ends up, uh, like, going through a train, and, like, Flanders jumps in as well and goes through when there's, like, open doors on the train, and Homer's, like, smashing the wheel. It's so over the top. And he finally it's bounced. It's got that, that campy 70s car cop car chase oh, yeah. music going, too. So good. And finally, he he uh, jumps the, the dock onto this barge. Flanders can't make it. Homer gets out, and he starts laughing. And he's like, where is this going? Garbage Island. <laughs> and so I'm back at home, presumably much, much later, maybe weeks later. Who knows? <laughs> we have uh, uh, Homer and the, the kids are, are watching cartoons on a Sunday morning. And, you know, Mark's, Did you guys ever watch cartoons on a Sunday morning. I didn't think there yes. were many. So 
way back in like the late 80s, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was on Sunday mornings. Yeah, I remember watching Sailor Moon on Sunday mornings. And eventually, oh. uh, well, all the good Nicktoons were also on Sunday mornings. Rugrats, yeah. Doug. Oh, that's Ren, true. Uh, the, on cable. Ren and Stimpy, I don't think it was on Sunday mornings. As far mornings. as basic channels go. Ren and Stimpy was part of it, yeah. It was? Okay. Those are the original three right there. I, I couldn't remember if it was only on SNCC or not. Nope, it started off on regular okay. Nickelodeon. I uh, it, it's funny though because like I don't really remember Sunday morning having a lot of cartoons on basic channels. Yeah, the, you know? that's where I got my Sailor Moon. Oh, uh, like uh, what, whatever, uh, whatever this channel was that played um, our local channel that played The Simpsons. It was what UPN before that. Oh, whatever Fox, it was. Oh, Fox 50. Fox Fifty. Fox Fifty. When it was Fox Fifty, they played Sailor Moon. I saw the original Dragon Ball on there. The thirteen episodes we got with the really oh. bad dub. Oh. I saw Interesting. there was a lot of like weird anime shit that they would throw out just for no reason. Well, probably because they Kimbo didn't the White would... Lion was on there. Seriously? Yeah. Interesting. I don't remember that very well. I guess uh, like it was early too. It was like before church every Sunday because Sean was a good church going kid. <laughs> we see how that ended up. I. Uh, uh, but yeah, they're watching cartoons and Marge tells Homer, you know, like, hey, it's church time. Like, one last try. Are you going? And uh, in Homer, or no, I'm sorry. Uh, before that, Marge says, if you don't go to church, I will have to tell our children that their father is wicked. Which is so extreme. Very, very <laughs> extreme. I mean, I guess to somebody who's very religious, like, that means a lot to them. But, like, that still seems like a lot. Choosing between her husband and God, which is yeah, such a, such a crazy ultimatum. Yeah. Like, don't make me choose between my man and my God because you just can't win. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Yeah. That's, that's a really shitty thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, this isn't a perfect relationship from either side. <laughs> and I love though, that, uh, Homer is like, you know, he's like, kids, he's like, let me tell you about this man that everyone thought was wicked. He had long hair. What he's like, uh, wild ideas, and uh, I forgot. But the important thing was, I forgot that too. It's like, Marge, you know who I'm talking about. You know, he drove that blue car. <laughs> Clearly setting up for a Jesus thing. Yeah, which, and then, yeah, it's just some dude. To me, it's it's like the the bullet time of comedy because it, it's been a joke that has been repeated so many times throughout so many different series uh-huh. that it can't ever quite get the same effect. Like, obviously, like, people see it for the first time in something else like family guy 30 rock uh you know scrubs whatever like it it obviously would hit well for them but like to me it is such a solid like it has that much staying power that even to this day like still gets repeated time and again and it's you know it's just a a copy yeah and it's it's a, a really really solid joke you know, for the fact that like you you go into it and you're like, it's Jesus, it's yeah. totally Jesus, it's gonna be Jesus, it's it's drove a blue such, car, <laughs> such a minor redirect to yeah, like by such a a banal fact, mm-hmm. like it is not something like like when someone references Jesus, like oh he's he's the guy who lives in the basement of my building, like as you know, just some guy from Mexico or something. Like, <laughs> it's Jesus. more like to say he just drives a blue car. <laughs> like, you know, that guy who fought with the fig tree. <laughs> it, it's such a fun turn on such a, like it's such a small dime essentially. Yeah. I love it. Uh, but you know, 
Marge asks Homer, are you sure? And we hear the narrator is like, coming up next, build your own ladder. <laughs> and he's like, very sure. And he's super excited. So can I ask you guys this? Um, the the episode of Itchy and Scratchy that they're watching obviously gets repeated later on. Flaming to the moon. Yeah. Does it have the same title in the later episode? I don't know if they show the title okay. in the later episode. I, I didn't. I was trying to remember. I didn't so think they did. It gets repeated in the first clip show. Okay. Okay, so it gets repeated twice. Is that right? Because doesn't it's also in the space episode. The space episode is the one where he uses the uh, the rings of Uranus as a blade to cut him in half. Oh, yeah. It's another okay. space one. Gotcha. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it gets repeated in the clip show, and I don't know if it appears again otherwise. Yeah, because Bart says it's is... a new episode. Red and Stimpy do it all the time. I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I. I at church, though, we have apparently a sermon called When Homer Met Satan. <laughs> that seems targeted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the most petty bullshit I've ever heard. Yeah, pretty pretty bad. So uh, Reverend Lovejoy, though, is talking about how, uh, you know, the, you know, the this devil is nece- not necessarily like, you know, with a pitchfork and, you know, like cloven hooves because Bart grabs some guy that has like the Satan look and stuff. And, and you know, this is something that's more pleasing to the eye. And Homer is at home in his underwear, uh, reading a play dude, play you know, a Playboy reference, of course. And uh, he's like, "Oh, an interview with Lord Michaels." He's like, "Wait a minute, that's no good." Uh, which Lord Michaels, uh, for those who don't know, is a producer, writer, actor, and comedian who apparently uh, created or helped to make uh, Saturday Night Live, Late Night, Kids in the Hall, Wait, Tonight Show. It's so weird to me because the play dude is dated like 1965 or something. Yeah, and SNL came out in '77. I don't think anything of of note before. Yeah, SNL. from Lorne Michaels. I I would have to double check. And I mean, see I don't if know for that sure. Old. I've only known, I guess, his later career, which I would wouldn't even call it that. But yeah, I'm weird. pretty sure Lorne Michaels is Jimmy Fallon is secretly his love child, right? Right. That's why Jimmy Fallon's gotten so much success through Lorne Michaels, and he's always with him at baseball games. <laughs> that, that's his kid, right? Wait, that, always at baseball games? I, I don't. I guess. I mean, I don't know. I've I've never had a. They're always Craig. Have you had a father together. figure take you to baseball games? Like, what's that? I would assume uh, that, <laughs> that if anyone took me to a baseball game, it would probably be a father figure. Well, I've taken you a couple times, so that you've got your answer. Yep, full <laughs> complete circle. I. Uh, so uh, Homer doesn't quite get the jokes in the play, dude. Uh, but he gets a knock at the door. Do you know what the joke is in the play, dude? Uh, what was it again? Their unabashed dictionary describes oh, IUD yeah. as love springs internal. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke I didn't get as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Also, 65. Like, it doesn't fit. 65. <laughs> <laughs> there is a knock at the door, though. And so, Krusty the Clown is going door to door. He's kind of a big star but all right whatever well he's collecting so he's trying to get as much money as he can sure sure uh and apparently uh, uh he's collecting money for the like it's like the brotherhood of jewish clowns uh and he says last year in Lub- uh, lubbock texas uh 75 jewish clowns uh died in a tornado and he starts crying he's like there's rainbow wigs and floppy shoes everywhere <laughs> it was horrible and homer's like wait a minute is this religious and he's like well religious clown thing snow deal and he slams the door 
Uh, meanwhile, of course, you know, Flan- uh, uh, Reverend Lovejoy is still harping about, you know, essentially Homer's evils. And uh, at the Quickie Mart, Homer buys a case of beer. Uh, and he also ma- decides to make fun of Ganesha, the elephant headed god in Hinduism. Uh, that's the child of Shiva and Parvati. Uh, and it's a god of wisdom, uh, much like Apu says. And he gets real culturally insensitive. Well, he tries to give Ganesha a peanut. Please do not offer my god a peanut. And he says maybe one of the meanest things you could say to a person. When they were handing out religions, you must have been out taking a whiz. <laughs> Man, that's savage and racist. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're already set up in this racist scenario because you have a poo there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I. Uh, and so back at home, while Reverend Lovejoy is, you know, harping about him, uh, Homer says, boy, everybody is stupid except me, <laughs> as he's smoking a cigar, laying down, and... Uh, so the staging for that scene mm-hmm. is Reverend Lovejoy says, pride goeth before destruction. How oddly specific. Right? <laughs> and so uh, Homer drops his cigar. It hits the nudie magazines. It spreads the fire to the uh, uh, overburdened uh, outlet, uh, power outlets, uh, which spread the fire throughout the house. And uh, to their, to their uh, stored oily rag. <laughs> Did you see the other box that's down there? Uh, I don't remember what it was. Blasting caps. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so... That uh, is great visual humor from The Simpsons. I, I, I really appreciate that. Blows up. Somehow Homer doesn't hear this, but he's also had like six beers. <laughs> if you counted them, I think it's like he was on his sixth. At least, let alone how many he had lying around elsewhere in the I house. Mean, this is church service. So this is before noon. He's had six <laughs> beers, right? Man, what a champ! Uh, and I, I, I think the saddest thing about this situation is that Santa's little helper comes in and is going to get sick on all that chocolate when it steals <laughs> that Hershey bar and leaves yeah. Homer to die. Yeah, it's milk chocolate. It's- that dog's gonna it's die. Pure poison. <laughs> <laughs> so, I. Uh, so Homer finally of wakes up. Oh, yeah. Of course, he did eat that big ass cookie that Homer got. That's true. Hmm. It was what white chocolate macadamia? Yeah. It, would that be poisonous Ma- to a dog? Macadamia. <laughs> uh Would that be poisonous to a dog? White chocolate? If it's just chips? I don't have any living dogs, so I don't know. Well, you just <laughs> oh, had to make God. this awkward. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> All I'm saying is I don't have it. I can't tell you for sure one way or the other. I, I think macadamia is actually something dogs shouldn't have. Oh, well. Santa's little helper's on borrowed time. Uh, so uh, Homer gets up and he's like, oh my God, a fire. He's like, wait a minute, gotta remember the song. <laughs> and did you guys catch the song? Uh, Sean, do you have the lyrics? I do not, actually. It's uh, it's something like, you know, uh, when a fire starts to burn, there's a lesson you must learn. Something, something, then you'll see, you'll see, you'll be able to avoid catastrophe. And I looked online and couldn't find this as an actual song. Uh, but Homer then passes out from smoke inhalation. Uh, and across town at the Quickie Mart, looking through binoculars, <laughs> and I love the imagery when you see uh, Apu holding the binoculars and you see the fires in the mm-hmm. two eyes of the binoculars. He's like, fire at the old Simpson place. 
And he, he has Dolph Kearney and Jimbo, of course, you know, in his store, like eating food and being rotten. And he's like, you're on your honor not to steal anything. And the Kearney's like, oh, we won't. <laughs> he's got his like, mouth full of like crusty cereal or something. And he then gives little Jumpshed a chance at taking care of the store who has waited for this day, who then pulls out a shotgun. And... It's kind of a weird, dumb moment, but the yeah. imagery of this little kid with a giant shotgun and the three bullies just like flabbergasted is quite funny. Yeah. I fucking hate this shot more than anything in The Simpsons. Which shot? A little job shot with the gun. Uh huh. Because you always see people post online oh, a Pooh's kids can grow up, the Simpsons kids never grow up. What happened to little jump shit? He's gone. He wasn't a Pooh's kid. He was Sanjay's kid? He was kid? Sanjay's kid. Uh. But people always point that out. They're like, oh, a Pooh's kids grow up, but nobody else does on The Simpsons. It's wrong. It's not the same <laughs> kids, damn it. It pisses me off. I see it on Facebook once a year. I, I'm sorry for your great loss, Sean. Have you thought about blocking those people? Or <laughs> I do. It unfollow? just keeps showing up. Ah, you poor bastard. I, I don't think these people are your friends, Sean. They're, They're probably not. not. They're monsters. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you guys see who's on the volunteer fire department? Because there's one so, odd one. Uh, it's Milhouse's mom, right? Luann Van Houten? I, well, there's one more odd than her. So, Luann Van Houten is there. Apu, Widham, Crushy. She's the one that gets me. I'm like, why is she there? <laughs> uh, but I I don't know. Maybe Barney. Like Otto's That's another there. weird one. Barney, Otto, but there's also Hans Molman oh. with a mustache. <laughs> what? There's a, a, in, so, the, in the flash of the scene, if you pause it, there is somebody who looks just like Hans Molman, but he has a mustache. A big, bushy mustache. It's so weird. Oh, we're, we're pulling that up after this episode. Absolutely are. But we, we only see him in that scene, right? Like, yeah, he's he not does. actually at the, the Simpsons. I the old assume Simpsons. he falls off the truck at some point. <laughs> I think it's weird that Otto's not driving the truck. I mean, they don't want to die. Once again, yeah, I think they know their limitations. You know, <laughs> it's... <laughs> so, I... Uh, as as they're they're heading to the old Simpson place, uh, I love that they have to come to a complete stop. And there's all the baby ducks going across <laughs> the road, and up who's like, "You ducks are really trying my patience." Oh, but you're just so cute. I, <laughs> uh, and this is the moment where I I feel like we we almost need to do like a Patreon special just to fit in all the discussion on it, but. Flanders notices the fire, comes over, sees that Homer's passed out, starts banging on the window, and is going to go and rescue him. This is what started this podcast. For every listener out there, this scene is what started it. Sean and I had the longest discussion as to why Flanders would not be in church. And it was one of those times when Craig got up to pee in the middle of the night, and it was like four in the morning. And I was awake because I'm a night owl. And we talked to like six in the morning about this stupid scene. It was, yeah, us like texting. Like, you know, it was, just, I, I think actually, I think it was just me sending you a text that was just like, Sean. And you're like, what? And I was like, why wasn't Flanders <laughs> at church? And no, you're like, oh my God, you're I, right. I have always wondered this. This is something that's always bothered me about this episode because even several people on that, that uh, fire truck should have also been at church in that moment. 
Uh, yeah, we, we see some of them in church otherwise. Uh, we see the Van Houtens mm-hmm. are in church uh, frequently. Uh, we have uh, uh, Barney occasionally shows up to church, I think. Yeah. Uh, Burns even shows up to church every now and then. <laughs> yeah, he does. Well, that's just silly. Uh, my take is that Flanders did an early mass that day. That has to be it. There's no way he would miss church. Especially with all the like, you know, uh, uh, you know, like hounding he did to Homer, like not to leave church and stuff. There's no way Flanders would miss it unless perhaps maybe there was some family related thing, you know, like his his uh, what was it? Grandma Flanders or whatever. Who's like, oh, Joe, like maybe he had to take her somewhere or something like his to Flanders. The only thing that's going to get him out of church would be like a pressing fl- a family engagement, right? My solution to this, or how I've reconciled it, I guess, is that um, because, you know, shortly thereafter, he rescues him, like everyone's just home, Yeah, is that he, that church ended and he was just the first one home. Oh, that could Uh, be. I just, I took the the Occam's razor approach, I guess. I just (laughs) took the easiest solution. My theory is Flanders left church early. He was offended by Reverend Lovejoy's speech because he's been trying to win Homer back to the flock. So it was like he went back to he went back to, to win try him. and win him back physically to bring him that, back to the that's flock. That's a better. I, I like that. In uh, this yeah, universe. I feel like like you know. I, there's almost like I mean, Flanders has such a deep connection with God too. Do you suppose he just got a feeling that he should leave and like go go to the yeah, you know? As we see, just moments later, that of course he was on God's <laughs> mission. I mean, Flanders to God, Flanders to God, get off your cloud and save my house. Oh, that doesn't rhyme. No, it doesn't. <laughs> thank, thank you, God. Hokely dokely. Uh, yeah, so th- there's a lot of different theories out there, uh, but I feel like the three of our, our theories are, are pretty, pretty sound. Uh, but so we have Flanders arrive, and what a what a class act. Kicks in the door. He's going to go into a burning building to save Homer. That is like, you know, it's funny because I, I've talked with Sean about this on the show that like when I was younger, I always thought like, oh, Flanders is a wiener and uh, who ha- who likes Flanders? Like who wouldn't hate Flanders? Flanders he's is a, awesome. He's amazing. He's an amazing human being. Oh, he's still such a weenie. He's a weenie, but <laughs> he's such a, no, 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 no. You no. can't tell me you would like him if you knew him. You would hate him. We do I guarantee know Flanders. This. We do know a who's, Flanders who's in our Flanders? life. We're not going to bring him up on the podcast, but we know someone who's generally that nice of a human being, and Craig and I don't get it. We're monsters. We don't know why he's friends with us. We're horrible it's true. people. Yeah, uh, we do have a buddy of ours who we used to work with, uh, who's who's a genuinely just wonderful, kind-hearted person, and he's everything uh, I wish I could be personally. <laughs> but I will and never. And you be like that. him, and you hang around him, yeah. and we do hang out. On, yeah, on occasion, yeah. sure. And uh, he's. But like, here's the thing: I contend that no wiener kicks in the door to a burning building and saves a man. Uh. The exact same type of wiener who chases you down in a car singing <laughs> a song about Noah's Ark. Absolutely, he's a goddamn weenie. He's such a weenie that although he's a nice guy and does good deeds uh, and has that altruistic uh, response to things, still a weenie, still in, insufferable. Like how <laughs> the the only time Homer and him were like really got close, and this is. You know, not counting when um, they actually were friends, but is the Putt-Putt Society or the Dead Putting Society. Um, 
Like he Homer couldn't even stand him for just not even being a god boy. <laughs> he was just such a weenie. He was such a suburban weenie. I feel like we're not going to reach a conclusion here because I still contend that you you He's a you, terrible person. You lose an awful weeniness. You lose the wiener when you're jumping into burning buildings and saving people. I wouldn't do that. I'd let you burn to death, Craig. Thank you, Sean. Uh, uh, huh. So let's He's move keeping on. Keeping his his cool status in check. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I would hang out with Sean more after that. See, that's why we got to do it. We're gonna and let Craig burn, and then this will be our podcast. They bonded and then took over the podcast when Craig died in a fire. So we get some great moments here, though, as Flanders gets Homer. Goes to the front door. Burning debris comes down. He then doesn't go to the back door. He goes through the staircase up. I assume the back door is the same problem. I'm going to have to assume because that just seems silly. Where the debris is coming from, that's where you're going. (laughs) So he goes Also, the floor goes out on him, too. Oh, yeah. That's right. And uh, Homer's big frame catches him. And uh, he has to climb himself back up from Homer and bring him back up. And... Uh, so he goes upstairs and he asks God, he says, God, please let Homer land on the mattress below. Breaks out the window, throws out the mattress, throws Homer out over it and bounces through the front window, which is a wonderful scene. It's so beautiful and it seems so like graceful. So, so graceful. And I love the the exasperation on Flanders when he just goes, oh, okay. <laughs> he's just, he, 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 he asked God, God was not, answered his wish, but much like a malevolent genie, did not answer it in the way he desired. And so he then dives out the window and flips through the air through the window. Oh, God, it's so good. And then after that, he smashes the glass and, and brings Homer out. And uh, Homer, as his family rushes to him, laments that all of his nudie magazines and roach traps are gone. <laughs> and, uh, oh, we also have, uh, like you guys mentioned, uh, uh, the the cat has a hissy fit and uh, <laughs> comes out uh, scratching uh, Krusty's face. Finicky. He's a little finicky. Uh, He's finicky. A finicky cat. Finicky, that's right. And uh, uh, I also love that, you know, Barney's like, what's this axe for? And Wiggum's like, I don't know, chopping stuff. And he just starts hitting the mailbox. He's like, that's some nice chopping. Uh, Lisa says that this was truly an act of God. But Homer says, hey, you know, Flanders' house is catching on fire, and he's a real Charlie Church. (laughs) And a cloud appears, rain puts it out, and we see that truly Flanders was on a mission from God. (laughs) Uh, The insurance guy asks Homer what he had. Uh, Homer tells him Picasso, uh, classic car collection, and uh, he goes, sorry, sir, this plan only covers real losses. (laughs) And uh, then we have Kent Brockman, uh, who... You know, goes through and uh, says, you know, like, fire, man's greatest scourge. And then they're like, hey, we put it out. Everyone cheers. And he's like, coming up next, uh, uh, clothespins. Uh, what does he say? Which work better, springy clothespins or the other kind? You know, I have a feeling there's a lesson here. Sorry, we cut to Homer there. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Uh, so 
well, we'll just put Ken Brockman's thing aside because that's its own smart line special, the <laughs> clothespins debate. But uh, we know the answer. Yeah. What is it, Sean? Fuck clothespins. All right. No, I was going to say spring and kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, type. Oh, hey, there goes that smart line episode right out the window. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Homer comes in and he realizes that there is a lesson here. And when Marge is like, there is. And he's like, no, 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 don't tell me. And he says, do you have the line, Sean? The Lord is vengeful. Oh, spiteful one. Show me who to smite and they shall be smoten. Is he smoten a word? Hi. <laughs> uh, Man, I need to play a paladin in D&D so I can start saying <laughs> smoten more often. So uh, Homer's take is that, you know, God is vengeful. But, you know, Flanders says that's not the lesson here. And, and Reverend Lovejoy says, you know, that God was working through your friends and, and loved ones, whether they be Christian, Jew, or... And then he points it out, poo, and he's like, miscellaneous. <laughs> this, this might be the most condescending line, and I love it from Lovejoy. Apu's like, you know, he's like, he's like, I'm Hindu, and there are 700 million of us. And he goes, oh, that's super. <laughs> Which, by the way, at this point in the world, there is now closer to 1.08 Billion Hindus, which is a bit more than 700 million. Oh, that's super. <laughs> Seriously, that's such a condescending line. Oh, God, yeah. It's it's very fitting for Reverend Lovejoy, but it is immensely condescending. But so Homer says that he'll be he'll go to church and he'll be front row center. And we see him passed out, Marge embarrassed and Maud uncomfortable next to him. And uh, we see Homer talking with God. Uh, we see in the background, Ben Franklin beats Jimi Hendrix in air hockey, and uh, uh, Homer wants to know what the uh, meaning of life is. And God's like, you'll find out when you're dead. And he's like, well, I can't wait that long. And he's like, you can't wait six months. And then he tells him what the meaning of life is, which, Sean, there's something I've learned that I was very, very excited about earlier. Yeah, what's that? He says that Homer will die in six months. Six months after this episode airs, in April, uh, on April 1st, the Simpsons clip show happens where Homer gets hit with the explosion of beer and gets put into a coma for weeks. His, his prophetic dream comes so close. So, I was going to bring that up when we get to the clip show, actually. Ooh. Well, you know what? This episode's running long. We're going to save that for that clip show because what the hell else are we going to talk about in a clip show episode? <laughs> We're just going to spice together old clips of us. I hope we just throw some random Legend of Retro clips in there and it's just like, what the fuck that is that? That would be fun if you're just like, hey, remember when this happened? And then why are like we walking little, like, like this? Like harp sequence. <laughs> <in that. laughs> it's just clips of Legend of Retro, News and Dragons, video game stopper. <laughs> that might have to happen now. Oh, God. Oh. So that's the end of the episode. Uh, one of the one of the real greats, I think, from the season. It is a, a really solid episode. Uh, but guys, what do you think the lasting impact is? Because I think for me, this is like a, a real full on church religion episode, and we don't get a a lot of those. We get like parts, but I feel like this might be one of the first episodes that's really heavy on the church and God stuff. I love when characters in The Simpsons question their faith. Those are some of my favorite episodes. Hurricane Nettie, for example. Mm -hmm. To a lesser extent, um, The Joys of Sect with the Listen Lady. 
Oh yeah, yeah. So so you're uh, so yeah, you're a fan of those episodes where they're questioning their their religion and faith and stuff. I, I like those scenes a lot. Like Lovejoy in the basement with his train sad. That may not be a great episode, but I love that scene of him just sad down there with his trains. I would feel worse for him if he wasn't so condescending to Hindus. That's super. <laughs> Andy, how about for you? Uh I guess mine might be a little bit more pedantic, but um, I guess the the conservative ideology that this episode purports, like I, I know, like there's a lot of like uh, fun political jokes, but like uh, like there's always jokes at at um, Clinton and yeah. uh, George Bush and uh, Jimmy Carter. But, History's worst monster. But uh, I mean, throughout these nine seasons, one one thing's for sure is this show's very, very, very moderate in the sense that it's so hard locked in that moderate stance that it's mm-hmm. it always defaults back to this like um, very conservative I- ideology. Where uh, you have later episodes on like more liberal topics, like the gun control one, and um, the one where Lisa basically claims that she's, I guess, an atheist. Um, but it's you know it always it always defaults back to this you know moderate response. It's almost like uh, the South Park um, ideology that that comes through. It's just it never it, it tries to take this like opposing approach to either extremes, I guess. And in mm-hmm. doing so, it only creates a, a, this rightist conservative model. So I guess in that sense. Um, it, it just always falls back to the yeah, right. Isn't it funny that conservatives were so against the show back then too? Not considering that time frame, situated in that that historical moment. Situated not, in not that so historical much. moment, no. But I mean, if we look back on the show, they talk about how great George Bush was as a president, how we should hold our political people up to a higher standard, how religion was a centerpiece of the household. Like these are all really positive things that the show had. Well, yeah, yeah, but socially, it was always. You know, it wasn't still the same family values. It no, still exactly. Wasn't, I mean, and I'm curious, what do you mean by saying how great George Bush was as a president? They point, Did that... they point out a lot of times how good he was as a president in there. Uh, there is like in uh, Mr. Lisa Goes to Washington, uh, he talks, oh, yeah. you know, it, it really sure. hypes up, you know, the, well, the you know, yes, politics and, but, and Bush. Yeah, and, and I, I always look back to that episode as like... The as political that, standard we should hold yeah, people it's, up to? Yeah, it's so pro-status quo, it's so bourgeois liberal democratic approach to things that it's like yeah sure like maybe that doesn't fit the conservative critique of it at the time but no i you look at any any other episode throughout the first few seasons there's nothing about this show that conservatives would like like it's it's even though it's hard christian it's still making fun of Christianity. It still is, yes. Like it's it's taking everything that was uh, you know that was sacred on the right, and it still pokes fun at it because um, it's you know you're still you're essentially still drawing Muhammad to them, and when you put Bush in there, or when you put Jesus in there, or when you put God on the screen, um, there's a lot within those first few seasons that a lot of other cartoons did not do before them. No, they didn't do before um, them, but and it definitely was still, wasn't a benchmark for that time It, it was not of, you know, it, it, it obviously was pure ideology in the moment to, of course, work up a, you know, a criticism of The Simpsons on the right then as opposed to say, like, oh, let's embrace this because, you know, that that's not 
we, we see that with everything throughout time. Like that's what we deal with, with this very small spectrum that we deal with when we think politically as Americans, um, that we never reach outside of. We, we always think like, oh, we just need to understand the other side. Like, no, no, no. What's, what's actually happening here is we're never actually doing anything politically. We're just uh, keeping this very narrow view, which ends up being just this hard, moderate to rightist approach on things where you never, you know, you, you never really expand on it. So you need that that enemy. You need that cartoon that's corrupting the youth. You need that ESRB <laughs> rating. You know, you need these things. So like, you know, uh, video game ratings and uh, violence on TV were not issues of the right in the 90s. It was no, they, issues they of, the, of the the liberal were, left yes. in the 90s. So it's... Joe Lieberman, we're going to come up to, I'm going to talk about it actually real soon, because he's going to be the one who starts the crusade against the video games. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly it. Of course, the, the conservatives wouldn't like such a show, because it seems, quote-unquote, extreme. Because it seems mm-hmm. like it's outside, but realistically, it's more grounded than it, anything could ever be, and it, it presages Family Guy, South Park, uh... You know um, the the comedies of of Michael Schur. So it just it per, it Why situates. They be a wholesome family like the Cosby's. <laughs> no, that wasn't. I mean, Cosby's, Fresh Prince, Martin. Like the, this is a whole other discussion too. That that I mean, the there was no way for the, uh, in Fresh Prince for that family to not be a conservative family, and that was the whole point. It was very similar to what. Uh, what we saw in the 60s in America where all of a sudden like oh you know we're we're going to start integrating um now all of a sudden we have to start putting black people in commercials and of course it was done in such a dehumanizing and subversive way but at the same time it was to market to black people it's like oh well, we now have to include them in the market and that's the whole point like that's what's coming up like this is this is liberalism at its finest. Like that's what keeps popping up throughout these cycles. So, yeah, families like the Huxtables and uh, Will's family, and like you, they they have to be uh, rich, well-to-do. You know, very similarly, the Simpsons, uh, the Griffins, um, the Marshes. They all have to be Christian. You know. Okay. Well, the Bundys. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, guys. We've run this episode maybe longer than any other episode we've done. That's okay, though. It's so good. (laughs) It's a very good episode. (laughs) Let's jump into our uh, favorite quotes of the episode, though. Sean, what have you got for us? Hey, where's Homer? Your father's resting. Resting hungover? Resting got fired? Help me out here. (laughs) Andy, what about you? So mine is uh, when Homer hears about the contest on the radio, um... Uh, what was the singer's name again? Oh, uh, uh, Johnny Cal or uh, uh, Johnny Calhoun. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, I know that one." He rushes to the record collection, pulls it out. It's a spoken word for his uh, rightist <laughs> political beliefs, and the title is "These Things I Believe." So Homer calls in. He's like, "This is Homer Simpson." He's like, "Homer, do you know the the title of this?" He's like, "This things I believe," <laughs> and the, <laughs> you can hear him talking like, Dude, "Should we accept that?" <laughs> <laughs> My favorite line is when Marge and uh, Homer are arguing about uh, uh, Homer not like that going to church. And Homer responds, he goes, there you go again, always taking someone else's side, Flanders, water department, God. (laughs) 